Hey guys, welcome back. I'm your host, Elena. And I'm your host, Maya. And welcome to the Witch's Place podcast, episode two. Night two. So today's story is going to be told by me, Maya. It's Maya's world tonight, guys. Yes, it's Maya's world. (laughs) And my story today is about puckwudgies. I have never heard of puckwudgies in my life. Yeah, no, they're a pretty bizarre little creature, and I was actually unaware of how common they are. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. So the first time I heard of it was on, again, Morbid Podcast. We're probably going to hear them a lot in this uh, show because we really love They're going to sue us at the end of this. No, (laughs) they're going to love us by the end of this. (laughs) But anyway, so the first time I've heard of them was on Morbid, and they did a episode on the Bridgewater Triangle which is also yeah home to the uh i think it's the freetown fall river state forest which uh is where a lot of the pukwudgie sightings actually happen okay so didn't you earlier say that there were a lot of sightings on cape cod so actually cape cod has to do with the original legend which i will be getting into and that is kind of like how pukwudgies came to be and where they come from yeah so we're gonna learn a lot in this episode and i'm very excited to share Everything that I learned with you guys has actually learned quite a bit. Yeah. So Fun fact, you guys, I actually drove three hours to be here tonight from Cape Cod to do this episode for you, so... She literally... I that. love you. That, <laughs> that is my dedication to this podcast. I am <laughs> running on, like, two hours of sleep, and I drove for three hours, so... Yeah, so shout out to Elena. So shout out to me for being very committed to this. Very committed to this, <laughs> All right, so I guess I'll just jump Dive right, right in, it. girl. All right. Tell me everything. So the Pukwudgies is an Algonquin folk- folklore, um, and its direct definition is person of the wilderness, protector of the forest, and my favorite one that I found is little wild man of the woods that vanishes. Okay, so quick question. What does a Pukwudgie look like? Dude. Describe this to me. That's because I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I'm envisioning this creature in my head. So Pukwudgies, they're about picturing like a teddy bear. Dude, nothing like a teddy bear. Okay, no. So get that I'm, out of your head. I'm picturing like a, a little bear. bear. You guys running around with like a gnome hat on. That cannot no. cannot explain why. You're semi right, <laughs> but like no, not really. Okay, a little a little scarier than that. Oh, so they're oh. about two to three feet high. So they're pretty short. And one source that I did find said that they could be four to five feet high, but most sources that I found said two to three feet high. Their skin is a like washed out grayish and sometimes it glows. Also like a almost, vampire. Yeah. It's twilight, you guys. It's crazy. Like <laughs> almost every source that I found said that they have glowing green eyes as well. And that's what kind of lures you in when you first see what? them. What? So the Collins. Um, yeah, the and like, in the woods. they're pretty Twilight, like standard to a typical like you know how we we have like goblins and trolls. Yeah, you picture one of those. That's like their face. It's got all the enlarged features and just kind of like gross looking That's and wrinkly. Frightening. Oh, it's not good, dude. <laughs> this isn't good. It's terrifying. Yeah, and some sources even say that they have porcupine quills going down their back. Oh my god! Like large ones, not small ones. Like like uh, 
foot and a half long porcupine quills. Oh my god. So yeah, they're really scary. And then other ones say that they're completely covered in hair. And they live in the woods? They live in the woods. They are Catch me never going forest. in the woods again. Not that I do anyway. Dude, I not really, outside this person. made me rethink every hiking trip I ever wanted to do ever. Like, <laughs> Mine is way more outdoorsy than me. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going hiking anyway, but I literally you should be careful. went foraging by myself the other day. It's beautiful. Um, It was beautiful, but then I literally did start thinking about puck wedgies, and I was like, I better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so... Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they're also completely covered in hair, which is great. Um, so many cultures, like literally almost every single culture, has some type of like goblin-like creature who plays tricks on humans. And that is kind of the Wampanoag's virgin. The Wampanoag's tribe is from Cape Cod. That's the... the Sorry. The Pukwudgie is their version of this sort of small So that's creature. where this Pukwudgie... Like that's where they originated. Yeah. From. Okay. And I just put down like a couple other of like cultures that have small things so like the irish have the leprechauns and these dark little fairies and they're not always good like no it used to be real bad yeah and then also common ones that we hear are dwarves and trolls okay so we know about those yeah um so these pukwudgies carry poison arrows knives and spears so that's how they terrifying and they usually attack as a group and i wrote a note that says probably because they're so small this is how we're sticking up for ourselves against you all <laughs> right um and they have many powers and they vary by tribe so like i said i'm going to be focusing on the wampanoag tribe in this story but okay. they are common in other tribes as well but the powers that they have are invisibility shape-shifting bringing harm or influence just through their gaze wow yeah and they can create fire wow they're okay. pretty powerful yeah. yeah but i guess like to be a protector of the forest you, you gotta have some power absolutely so elsa <laughs> frozen. you're saying that because you have a two-year-old <laughs> my two-year-old you guys is obsessed with frozen her new thing is elsa and everything is princess elsa she wanted to wear her elsa pjs i night. know <laughs> i can't count the number of times i've seen frozen at this point so ignore the frozen you're references so many more yeah ignore the frozen <laughs> references that's so funny um so it is said in old tales that Pukwudgies used to get along with people, but that is until the slight f- feud that occurred with the Wampanoag tribe. Oh. So the Wampanoags worshipped this giant called Mashop, and he was the giant that created the land that is Cape Cod. And the Pukwudgies kind of felt left out, and they were a little bit sad about the fact that Mashop was being worshipped, but they were not, and mm. they were like... I want some love. Yeah, they're like, fuck you guys. Yeah, they were like, this kind of sucks. Yeah, worship us. And they tried to be nice at first, and they were trying to help in ways that they viewed as helpful, the Wampanoags, but the Wampanoag people viewed it as just kind of a nuisance. Yeah. And we don't know what they tried to do specifically, but the Wampanoag people were just kind of like, these small little things can just kind of get out of here. They're not as helpful as a giant. Yeah, they were like a nuisance, yeah. Um... So the Wampanoag people were kind of fed up with the uh, Pukwudgies being around, so they went to Moshop for help, and Moshop threw giant stones into the river to lure the Pukwudgies to him, and th- when they came, he scooped them all up, violently shook them, oh, oh. <laughs> and then tossed them across all of the land. Right, so at this point, they're mad. They're yeah. Like, they're, I can see Some of them died. Oh, my yeah, God. Like, so they're getting died. angry. And, like, uh, that's how they... They also... There are sightings of Pukwudgies in Indiana and also, like, along that whole strip down to Texas as well. Mm-hmm. So they are other places, um, and I think that's because the giant threw them. <laughs> Probably, yeah. They're, like, scattered yeah. all over now. Um, and they're all over New England as well. So, anyways... Moshop throws them and he's kind of tired from shaking them and throwing them so he takes a little sabbatical with his wife and they go on a little vacation oh he was married yeah he was oh, he was a married man i there's some stuff man. about her but i 
there's a couple sources that mixed up her name, so I didn't really put it in here. Uh, anyways, the Pukwudgies, during this time, the Pukwudgies snuck back to Massachusetts. Oh my god. Because they're sneaky and they know what they're doing. Yeah. And this time they were super fucking mad, like we just said. Oh, well, yeah. And they began terrorizing the Wampanoag tribe to the point where they were burning down villages, stealing their children, and they were also leading people to their death over a cliff that is in the Freetown State Forest known as, I think it is just called like the ledge okay but they just people jump off it even to this day oh yeah to this day that have no sign of mental Not illness or anything they're just like like compelled to so jump they go over to this ledge. so people can go to this ledge place and like something will kind of like come over them yeah and make them maybe become possessed in a sense like a i puck don't know wedgie. like a puck wedgie and then yeah yeah Dark. so <laughs> They're really bad at mm-hmm. this point, and the Wampanoags needed help to get them out again. Yeah. So they go to Ma Shop, and Ma Shop was still really tired from the last time, and I think it was probably a lot of puck wedgies, and he was like, I can't help you this time. So he sent his five sons. Oh. Five giant sons. They're giants. And uh, he tells his sons, be careful. These puck wedgies are manipulative. They are sneaky. Uh, they will try to kill you, basically. Like, be careful. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, the five sons, being a little young and naive, got lured into some tall grass. And I think that the folklore said it was with some music. I didn't write that down, but I think it might like have been hypnotic some music. music, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and they were ended up uh, there, and like a siren. There were spears and poison arrows, Ooh. and they died. Oh no! So all five of them died, oh, and Moshop no. and his wife were then really really mad and they rounded up to kill as many puckwudgies as they possibly could wow uh and the puckwudgies many of them died but obviously there was still some lingering because that's just what happens and it is said that the puckwudgies probably killed moshop and then interestingly enough in the wampanoag folklores moshop completely disappears after this what so it's like he really did where did die. he go though yeah like right. oh, oh they, they said that they killed him but oh, also okay. there's another theory that he could be in hiding because he right. was like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Tupac. then I wrote, I can see why the Pukwudgies hold a grudge against humans in this. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so today there's actually a lot of common sightings of the Pukwudgies. And it's not even just in the Bridgewater Triangle. Like I read a book called Pukwudgie, Legend of Sunset Hill, that was about... Uh, this guy from New Hampshire named Ralph who's seen quite a few puck wedgies growing up. Oh. Yeah, and the book is, like, pretty interesting. It's only 43 pages, so it's, like, actually a super, like, short read, to be honest. I did not read it all, but I got, like, glimpses of it, and he basically said these creatures have big yellow eyes, and whenever he had an encounter with them, he just got this looming feeling of doom. So that's pretty spooky. And that that happens in New Hampshire, in the forest in New Hampshire. Um, And the other sightings that i have i'm just gonna have i'm to very excited here. about this yeah these are like pretty recent another thing that i wrote down was i actually found a comment by somebody from april 20th i think 2021 yeah that was about how he had seen puck wedgies in lovell lake new hampshire new hampshire yeah and i just thought it was interesting that that comment was so recent and that i was seeing that and i was also doing the story on this and I, i'm a big wild. believer in like that connectivity of the universe sort of thing <laughs> so like i was like oh this is all a sign you guys i'm looking up pictures of puck wedgies right now and i'm going to post one on the instagram um on our instagram page for you guys to see they are terrifying looking they're really not there are a lot of different adaptations about what people believe they look like so I'll post I'll post a few for you guys to check these out. 
Oh uh, yeah, they're definitely spooky creatures. They're not very fun to see or anything. And you always like want to say like every single uh, folklore that you'll hear about them basically says to stay away, except in Indiana, where <laughs> in, for some reason the Indiana puck wedgies are totally fine and they're just kind of tricksters and they're like cute. Like they're like, like a little fairy. Little like a little pixie yeah. like Tinkerbell. I wonder yeah. why that is. Like I don't know. Like maybe they hit their heads really hard over there when they got <laughs> flung, and they're just changed to little puck wedgies. Like goofy goobers now. Yeah, they're just like not the same. But the puck wedgies here, all the tribes say, are malevolent and out to get you, and will mess with you if you come across them. Yeah. Especially if you wrong them. If you wrong them, you're almost like sentenced to death. Oh my god. Yeah. That's horrifying. They're, they're pretty bad. They're very spooky. They not definitely the piqued my interest. Because considering it's, like, in New England, and that's where we're from, it's, like, super spooky. Anyways, so I have some uh, sightings here. Yes. And the first one that I wrote down is a pretty common one, and it's about Joan. And she was walking her dog, and all of a sudden her dog lies completely flat in the leaves, and on a rock 10 feet away was a puck wedgie. She described him as looking what she would describe as a troll. Two feet high, with pale gray skin, and hair on his arms and on the top of his head. The monster seemed to have no clothes, but it was difficult to tell because his stomach hum- hung over his waist, almost touching his knees. So a big what? old belly. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my god. His eyes were a deep green and he had large lips and a long, almost canine nose. Oh my god, that's frightening. I just got chills. Oof. Imagine like encountering that. that. No, I'm no like way. That. No, thank you. The Pukwudgie stood watching her, staring straight at her with no expression, almost like it was stunned to see her. Joan froze and remembers thinking the air in her lungs had been pushed out. Sid finally came to, who was her, Sid's her dog. Right, yeah. right, right. So Sid, her dog, finally came to and ran back towards the trial, dragging Joan, who was still holding the leash tightly. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was Joan's what? encounter with a puck wedgie, and I don't know much about Joan, but this encounter was written in every single source that I read, so I feel like it's pretty reputable. Another funny yeah, thing to mention... Yeah, it's a pretty, mention, like, well-known encounter. Yeah, another funny thing to mention is that they actually have a puck wedgie crossing sign if you go to the Freetown State Oh, my Forest. God, I just pulled that up. Yeah. You guys, as she was saying that, I was pulling that exact picture up to post on our Instagram page for you. You can find us on Instagram at the Witch's Place Podcast. Yes, buddy. The pod page. Yes. (laughs) Follow us. We're both like overtired. I feel like this episode is a lot of like, from me. (laughs) We're fine. Um, But yeah, anyways... The Pukwudgies are messed up. But there's a Pukwudgie crossing sign. That's what I was saying. Right? There's that Pukwudgie crossing sign. And whether or not maybe that was put up as a little funny joke, but it does kind of just bring attention to how many stories are told there of people seeing Pukwudgies, which is definitely enough to pique my interest. Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. We should go explore that. We're not far from there. Dude, yeah. But the Freetown State Forest is also, like, home to where, near where Lizzie Borden killed her parents. Stop. Uh, It is also... I need a geography lesson. I clearly don't know where any of these things are. It's very (laughs) It's also just home to a lot of cult meetups, demons, and I basically just wrote a bunch of weird shit. Okay, so a bunch of weird shit. That perfectly describes what goes on in the, what is it, Freetown Freetown State State Forest? Forest. Yeah. Fall River. Freetown. Oh, Fall River. Okay, I pass through there to go to school almost like every day. Or at least like right by there. You go through the Bridgewater Triangle. Yes, I do. You need to be careful. I do. Especially after learning about this. Yeah. Be careful. Like, I, I don't think I'll drive through there. Yeah, like, probably not. No. I just feel like when you know about stuff, too, like, yeah. it's just scary. And I heard on Morbid, too, like, the... Ash said one time she was driving back from cosmetology school, um, and she was heading through oh, the Oh, she went to the same school as me, you guys. Yeah. 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 They're both good, good hairstylists. <laughs> um, 
but she was heading back and she was heading through the Bridgewater Triangle and she looked over and she saw like a bloody girl in the car. Okay, driving the what? car. Yeah, I listened to a lot Fuck of Morbid. That. And I definitely heard that on there. Go okay. listen to their podcast. It's very good. But I don't she know if told I can that story. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's pretty it's pretty weird. It's not cool. I'm scared now. But yeah, so that's that. And then I wrote about another encounter that was I saw in every single source from Tim. So Tim <laughs> was in a forest when he saw a bright orb in front of him. Having investigated the paranormal, he was excited and tried to snap a photo with his digital camera. I would be pretty excited too, honestly. I've seen I, way too many orbs in my life. Like, I feel like you wouldn't be phased. Like you guys know, in episode one, I need to. We need to do an episode about this. If you we, don't we know will at some point. One, go listen to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a haunted house, and um, when I would wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes when I was like a little kid, I would just see like these blue or clear orbs floating around my room, and I would become paralyzed and like unable to move and all i could do was like sit there and stare at them until they vanished and i can move again true story like sleep true story dude maybe sleep paralysis but i don't know because i remember the orbs very vividly and there was one time my like one of my best friends slept over and saw them as well so we'll do it we'll do an episode on that for you guys it was really wild Uh, i did not fuck with orbs though yeah that's my main point i've definitely seen some like spooky photos from my childhood where i'm like is that an orb in the background yeah like Wipe it right, off. Right, you try to brush it off because it freaks you out a little Just bit. Just dust Ooh. on the camera. My palms are sweating now that I talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Okay. More about the puck wedgies. Okay, more about Tim and the puck wedgies. Yes. So, Tim was excited when he saw this ball of light, and the ball of light disappeared, and then it reappeared a few feet further into the woods, and he followed it. Yeah. Uh, he lost the spirit several times before he realized he had traveled more than 30 feet off the path that he was on into a thickly wooded area. He became scared and slowly made his way back to the path, only to find a two-foot man standing there. Stop. A little man standing (laughs) at the edge of the path. Okay. And the man was walking toward him. Oh my god! Yeah. So he turned him. He ran. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like booking it the other way. Take off, Tim. And he looked back and he saw the figure move back into the woods. Oh my god. And he reported what he saw had walked upright. So he had was like had an upright posture and used its arm to push something aside. So like he shoved something to his side and his arms were kind of long when he ran into the forest. And he had moved with a slight limp, but like a human. Oh my god. So they're like kind of human-like, which is honestly the scariest thing to me is things that are like almost human. Like anything that walks in the forest on two legs. Yeah. Shouldn't be there, right? No. No. Run. I mean, I guess bears can walk on their hind legs sometimes. But they're mainly on four. Yeah, but you know if you're encountering (laughs) a bear. Like, you're going to, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, if you come face to face with a bear, you're going to fucking know it's a bear. You're going to fucking know it's a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, I'd rather see a bear than a puck wedgie. Absolutely. Any day. Yeah. Any day. But Tim's story isn't over because a few years later, he actually saw a puck wedgie again. Ew. So he was listening to the radio and it was really quiet. He was waiting for his friend that he was picking up and it was just a small parking lot that he was at. He looked in his rear view mirror and he saw the same small figure of a man. And that shit ingrains in your brain. Oh, something like that. So I'm sure immediately he was like, oh no. Oh, hell no. (laughs) He literally pulled out of the parking lot and he took the long way home to try and stop his hands from shaking. So that was his second encounter. More brief, but definitely still enough to spook anybody. Yeah. Um, and then I just took a quote from the site that I took this from that says, although the monsters seem content to only frighten Joan and Tim, there are still physical attacks happening. Several people have been assaulted and one person came down with a mysterious illness after seeing them in a cemetery in New Hampshire. Another woman 
suffer scratches on her arms after following an orb in a forest in Taunton, Massachusetts. Wow. So the thing that called out to me the most when I was reading this for some reason was the cemetery in New Hampshire. Yeah. So I dug hard into that. Okay. And I <laughs> didn't write down too many notes, but I actually remember a lot of this because it's very interesting to me. So... It was about this woman, and uh, her site is hollowhill.com, so all of her documents that she's written about this are actually available on there. It's a super, she's a super legit ghost hunter investigator. It's very cool. She actually used to be a skeptic, and now she's just a full-on, like, believer. Uh, she thinks that what she encountered at this place called Vale End Cemetery was straight-up demonic. Uh, but she described these little things called grove men that she saw. What? Anyways. What? So, what? <laughs> my God. She was investigating this cemetery, and they were actually there to see uh, a certain headstone that I think was like the blue lady's headstone. Yeah. And they <clears throat> took a whole entire team with them, and they had a bunch of different people with them. And there was this woman, Noreen, who was the camera person and took yeah, pictures. And her daughter uh, was Alice, and Alice was also there. And Noreen and Alice got a really bad feeling when they were at the cemetery. Like, they felt something really bad, and they got really frightened, and they wanted to leave. And so they did. And then since they didn't feel like they got the full experience at that cemetery, Noreen wanted to take her daughter, Alice, to a different cemetery that they were familiar with to kind of get the ghost hunting experience. Mm -hmm. So they go to this other cemetery, and what happens is, I guess, there was, like, they tried to take pictures, but the pictures come out all black. What? Yeah. That's so, so weird. It was just, like, weird, and it didn't make a lot of sense. And what happened is, I wish I could remember the lady's name who actually wrote this encounter. Yeah. I feel like, actually, I'm going to pause this and look that up. Okay, so Yeah, we had a little technical difficulty. I literally just tried finding all of that information that I read the other night, and yeah. I cannot find the same thing. And then I tried reloading a site that literally had, like, a highlighted link connecting me to a Puckwudgie page, and it said page not found. It's so, okay. A for effort. Yeah, we I appreciate, We appreciate you regardless. From what I remember is this woman and her daughter got a very eerie feeling, and then when they went to another cemetery, something awful happened, and then the, the Noreen, who was the photographer woman, ended up dying a few weeks later wow. in a parking lot from a so-called heart attack, but she oh was a very God. young, fit woman. Oh my God. And basically what probably happened, she got possessed by some sort of entity. Oh no, that's and awful. The, right, it's so, it's so shitty it's so sad that's shitty um and the only reason that it's connected to puck wedgies is because the person the owner of the hollow hill website uh Ooh, she shout out right, shout out to hollow hill right she is the one who said that she saw what she described as grover men and i'm assuming that means that they were covered in hair yeah and they had big glowing orange eyes which is the same way they're described in that book by uh ralph hutchinson mm -hmm. and just had a very demonic feeling but she saw dozens of them and that's that's what she tried taking pictures of and then her screen kept turning black so she saw tons of those fuck that yeah so that's what? like terrifying super spooky yeah not a not a big fan um oh my god yeah so that's that i don't know that's like kind of the story about puck wedges this was kind of a shorter episode but it's okay yeah um, it's a mini episode tonight you guys <laughs> it's a mini episode it was quite a fun one to research and i know that's a lot of fascinating yeah and also like remember they're also in indiana too so you should look guys if you're in indiana up. you guys go out go hunting for puck wedgies but be careful and then send us your well, pictures in indiana they're nicer <laughs> so you're less likely to be like right 
right. completely ruined. So maybe you're more safe. So in that case, definitely go out and yeah. try to find them. Yeah. Send us pictures, and if you find them, and if anyone has a them. story about where the puck wedgie fucking send it to us at the witch's place podcast at gmail.com yes we would love to hear stories about puck wedgies paranormal any spooky story you have you know yeah if your mom dated a murderer anything like that anything <laughs> anything that could be related to our like genre here on the podcast send it to us and who knows maybe we'll do an episode on it yeah all right you guys well thank you for listening thanks for joining us on this overtired version right of <laughs> the witch's place podcast as always follow <laughs> us on instagram at the witch's place podcast or email us your ghost stories at the witch's place podcast at gmail.com thank you thank you bye